listening to another episode of Find the Good News Live, a live streaming podcast about good people doing good works. Find the Good News Live is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a creative studio that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See our creative projects at parkerbrandup.com. Welcome to another episode of Find the Good News Live. I My name is Warren Parker. If you listen to Find the Good News, the podcast, then you know who I am. But for those that don't, I'm the creative director and owner of Parker Brand Creative Services here in Sulphur, Louisiana. And we created this live show so we could give some of our past podcast guests who we call Good Newsies an opportunity to come back and see what it's like on the other side of the microphone and also talk a little bit about themselves and let you know what's going on. Graciously, today, I'm sitting right next to Tom Trahan, one of my good friends, actually. Actually, one of my dear friends. Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> Get, getting tender with Tom for a second. Oh, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Hold, hold me back. Dad, you got to hold me back because, man, I love Tom. I love Tom Trahan. I love everything about the guy. And I especially love what he's doing with uh, his incredible board of directors and, uh, Kat Godsey over at the Henning Cultural Center and Brimstone Museum right here in Sulphur, Louisiana, where we are recording right now. So what's going on, buddy? Well, not a whole lot. We have a we have a whole bunch of things coming up uh, at the museum. We have a really good uh, exhibit on display right now. Um, it's called For the Love of Blank. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what we've done is we've asked a lot of, uh, in quotation marks, celebrity uh, artists to produce artwork that uh, these are these are not artists in any other way other than they just love a project and they have created this piece of work to uh to sell to support the charity or nonprofit that they uh that they are passionate about so we have about 20 pieces in the show it's silent auction format and quite a few bids already so it's that's uh, awesome yeah that show comes down on the 10th of october so it's a good idea to get by and take a look at it before it it ends so you can put your uh you know put your money where yeah. the I love that. I mean, y'all always are doing something different. And, you know, I if anybody listens to the podcast, they know that before we do the big fishbowl thing, I all, y'all have an ad in there. Mm-hmm. But it's really not just an ad. It's really, honestly, my true-to-life personal testimony. You probably can attest for this, that ever since I started the show, I've probably been to your museum more than I had in the years before. <laughs> You're right, yeah. I mean, that's a true commitment. I said, I'm... I need to start doing the very thing that I encourage other people to do. And I've got a lot out of it. I mean, y'all make great events. You had your eighties close out for the last show, right? That, I think we had either between 250 and 300 visitors for that event, yeah. which was huge for a, a reception uh, yeah. for traffic. Oh, it was incredible. I had so much fun that night that honestly, I don't get out and do a lot of that kind of stuff, fun socializing, but that event stood out to me because it was just completely hundred percent healthy and wholesome. I smiled the whole night. My kids had fun, and I left just feeling good, man. And then yeah. the art alone was just awesome in that room. I don't know if you, I just think people really need to look at what y'all are doing hardcore and make make that trip across the bridge if you're in Lake Charles listening to this. You know, yeah. it's easier to get the sulfur than to get back to Lake Charles. Right. Make it make an make an afternoon of it. Come over here and look at some art. Find a good meal. There's plenty of that around here. That's right. Yeah, and keep a keep an eye on our Facebook pages. Cat uh, has been really good about uh, putting all of our stuff out there. I'm not great with social media. Like, I mean, I I know how to use it. I just don't. I'm not consistent. And uh, she's been very good about keeping uh, people informed about what we're doing at stuff at the museum. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just gonna tell you privately. This is just spilling the beans. You're like my best social media friend. Oh. 
For real. Like awesome. I told Thanks. I actually told somebody that yesterday. I said, you know what I like about social media now is because I can go on social media and message Tom and we can have like a nice little friendly conversation and we can just get right out and we, yeah. we, either one of us can say, Hey, I'm busy, I gotta go and we, we just get it because we're both Oh yeah, totally. You know, it's fun. I yeah, enjoy that. just kinda of fly in for a second and then make <laughs> right. a few words and then fly out. <laughs> yeah, it makes me smile. And sometimes it's a nice mental break. I need to, to have a hiccup in my day and you're the best hiccup I could have. Oh, that's Tom. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So today speaking of of that 80s thing, we're actually going to be talking to Patrick Sean Bennett of the Late Charles Film Festival. Um, that's this weekend, right? That's right. Yeah. They're going to tell us all about that. We'll save the details for them. But Patrick uh, was at the 80s, mm-hmm. at the 80s party. And, you know, I was just talking to him this morning and I said, I looked right at you and didn't even recognize you. I thought your I thought your beard was a part of the disguise. And then when I actually <laughs> saw your face, I was like, "Oh, so that's the guy I'm going to have on the show." So this is felt a little awkward that I didn't uh, I didn't introduce myself and say hi. But now I know it's his real face and those whiskers are real. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that's it's just events free to the public, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What tomorrow and Saturday? It's going to be Friday night and Saturday all day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm going to try to get out there. I may not be able to get to the whole thing, but I'm going to make a point to get out there with the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I don't think people turned turned in to listen to you and I banter. Let's just get right into it. <laughs> Wake up, it's morning You're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going Cause you're laughing in your sleep On the path to your deliverance And a holy wall of light Pouring through your window Old news, bad news, fake news Sometimes you want to shut those signals down And seek out good news right here at home With Find the Good News Live, I put my focus directly on good people doing good works right here in our area. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and citizens just like you and I who are applying their time, resources, and talents to bring joy, hope, and happiness to our region. I discover what shapes them, what inspires them, and what drives them to do the good work that they are doing. There's a lot of news in the world, but I'm going live in our communities where people are working to make life better. My name is Oren Parker, and this is Find the Good News Live. And I love you just as well. Well, we're here with Patrick Sean Bennett. I'm looking at the guy. He's got a Shazam shirt on. Shazam. So what's that all about? Well, it ties into this weekend. Uh, we have the two guests from the 1974 TV series Shazam will be with us at the Lake Charles Film Festival. So everybody needs to come out and meet them. Yeah, that's kind of cool, man. You and I were chatting about that. I remember that show when I was a kid. I had like, I wouldn't say fond memories. They were vague because I guess, I, what year did that show air? What was the it time? It was uh, 74. It lasted three years. Okay, I was little then. I was yeah. born in 74. So I have these visuals, but I can't recall a lot. Yeah, it was a lot different from your comic book Shazam and your <laughs> your current movie. A uh, lot different. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was still the same premise, though. I can remember that kid yelling Shazam and right, like the right. effect, you know, that it did back then, yeah, where he would but, switch uh, over. Yeah, but he he wasn't a um, MC. Uh, he wasn't a radio a disc jockey. He rode around in a Winnebago with some old man and <laughs> called him. He was his mentor, but he called him mentor, and they just rode around. There was no like uh, super villains. 
Yeah. It was always like, uh, we got to rescue a cat in a tree. Solve or, a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody's lying to their parents. Let's go straighten them out. <laughs> Let's say yeah. Shazam and this infinitely power superhero is going to but, but, you know, once Billy went out there and would look around, make sure nobody was looking, and he'd holler, holler Shazam. Yeah. Turn to Captain Marvel. Then it got really cool. You know, you'd see him flying around and stuff. That's kind of cool, man. Yeah. That's like the other superhero movie I remember from a kid was Greatest American Hero. Oh, yeah. Man. Was, we had William Cat with us. Few years back, really at the festival, yeah. Man, I, I feel bad because I really haven't got to go yet. You know, I, I feel like I've shame suffered some. Re- yeah, shame on me for <laughs> real. I mean, it's right in the the wheelhouse of my interest. You know, I'm sitting here. I got I got to acknowledge the the voice you haven't heard yet is Braylon Jenkins. So Braylon's connected to the event. Oh yeah, as an MC, right? And you've done that before. Yes, apparently. <laughs> yes, we were talking about Braylon's selective memory. He couldn't. He couldn't remember it. He, someone's erased his mind. We're talking about William Cat. You don't remember interviewing, <laughs> little, yeah. interviewing William Cat. See, my problem is we've read so many people over the years, and I've I've covered the event, uh, and it it's a lot. There's so much going on, so many people, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it just kind of after you know it's been how many years? It, that was like in 2012. So from there, <laughs> oh, wow. literally, it's just kind of like festival. <laughs> yeah. So have y'all had it at the Brimstone Museum before? Yeah. yeah, this is what, the third year I think we've done it third here? Year. Okay. What does it look like? I mean, what's what's the structure of the event? I mean, how does it lay out? We have, uh, what, three screening rooms? Correct, yeah. There's... So there's different films playing in each room. You just got to kind of look at the schedule and pick and choose what you want to see. Okay. And then we also have some uh, panels. Right. Like uh, the two Shazam actors will actually be in a Q&A type That's panel. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually excited about that. It'll bring back a lot of memories. It makes me want to go watch them. Y'all going to actually play those shows? The Shazam No, we shows? won't play the okay. shows, but uh, we'll get to talk to the actors about their favorite episodes, stuff like that. Yeah, man. I love hearing stories like that, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to have a panel. That's, that's a, We were talking about that before we went live. You know, I love hearing actors' stories, you know, how they got the role, what their apprehensions were, what their, you know, anticipation was in it, how they prepared for it. And I would love to hear that because you, you're getting back to right, right. when I when I first entered this world. So, you know, <laughs> you know I want to say it's not just about entertainment and nostalgia. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of people don't even remember the show. Yeah. Or, you know, it came out in the seventies. So a lot of young people will be there that they have no idea who these guys are. Yeah. But it's a learning experience. If you're an aspiring actor, yeah. I mean, you can come get tips on working with agents, how to mm-hmm. uh, go to auditions, uh, you know, how to launch your career in acting. You can ask them anything you want. So are these mostly indie films that we're going to be seeing? Yeah, all of them are indie All films. are indie? Okay. Yeah. I saw that you had mentioned that um, you're going to be able to meet some of the creators, too. A lot of these filmmakers do attend. Some, sometimes they bring a cast and crew with them. That's cool, man. And, and what we do is uh, we'll show a film, and if the filmmakers are there, they can stand up and do a little short Q&A between each film. I like that. Yeah. I'm actually excited about that. You know, we do some video production, mostly commercial, through our creative agency, but uh, it still has some of the same elements apply. You know, you got to have the right eye and the storyboard and, and, and find the right people. And all the logistics are the same, you know, pretty interesting. So what's your background in this? What, how do you get from there to here, so to speak? I'm just a huge film buff all my life. You really? Know? And uh, I've moved to Dallas from Lake Charles in uh, 2000. Okay. And I went to my first film festival. It was called the Deep Ellum Film Festival. And I was hooked, man. And yeah. I, I started going to film festivals all over the country then. And then when I moved back here in 2008, I was thinking, I'll do this here. Yeah. So I did. And, you know, that's where it just got started. Yeah, I love that, man. That's, that's, that's what drives so many things in our area and really, I guess, everywhere. But you see that a lot here where people try, who travel and take, take their personal interest and 
share it with other people. You know, find the good news is that's a big part of this show is why do something instead of nothing? Because there's a lot of people who love films and go to film festivals, but they don't they don't share it further than their own, you know, what they get out of it, so to speak. Right. But you're taking that, what you got out of it, and something that gave you some joy and chose to oh, yeah. give it back. So why? Why, why do that? Uh a lot of reasons. Uh, I'm also a filmmaker, yeah. so I want to, you know, meet other filmmakers in the area. Not just the area, but you know, we we bring them in. They they come in from. We had somebody from Canada last year that mm-hmm. flew in uh, from L.A. Just just Las all Vegas over. one year. Yeah, really. They come from all over to the festival, and you get to meet them and uh, share your experiences. And, and like I say about filmmaking, um, there's a lot of filmmakers here in the Lake area. That a lot of people might not know about them. Really. But, uh, but these are all movies that, like this year, in Louisiana, we've had 19 film submissions from Louisiana alone. Really? That's our largest mm-hmm. number of local films. So we'll be showing those. And these are films you can't see in a movie theater. Right. You have to go to like a festival to, to be able to see That's them. That's really cool, man. Yeah. And you can really make a day and a night out of that if mm-hmm. you're really into films. Is it going to be a, a, a large spectrum? I mean, what are the different types of... Oh, we have all genres. Really? Okay. Yeah, you'll you'll see right. comedy, action, horror. Oh, good. Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, we, we got a couple of superhero shorts. Uh, just just anything goes. God, what a missed opportunity, man. Unless they've contacted you. That would have been cool to have... Uh, those horror and hops podcast guys mm-hmm. watch one of these indie films yeah. as their show. You know what I mean? Like do something off the beaten path, oh, not yeah. just mainstream and like cross promote. That'd been kind of cool. Hey, let, let me mention a couple of films where we'll be screening. Yeah, please. Uh, one is called Appleseed. Okay. And, uh, Rance Howard. That was Ron Howard's dad. Yeah. He passed away here just a couple of years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. This is his final film. Oh wow! And it's, it's just coming out. It's an indie film. It hasn't been released yet. Okay. But we'll be showing it, and uh, it actually has uh, Ron's brother Clint is also in it. That's cool, man. And uh, it's a feature length film, you know. But, yeah. And then another one that we're showing is called Twenty Fifty. Mm-hmm. It's a, a sci-fi film, and it stars uh, Dean Cain. Oh really? From, yeah, <laughs> yeah. From Lois and Lois Clark. Lois and Clark. Yeah. yeah. Superman there. But uh, that, that's two feature films we'll have, and then we have a lot of uh, documentaries, like feature length. And I want to mention a, a lady, Kimberly Roberts. Uh, okay. She's she's from New Orleans, uh, Ninth Ward. Yeah. And uh, she was there for Katrina. And she's made this film called Fear No Gumbo. Okay. And it's a documentary about what the people of the Ninth Ward went through with this storm. Really? And she's out there with her cell phone. She stayed. She didn't evacuate. She's filming the flood, and they're they're trying to get to their roof and just everything going on you know that actually sounds awesome and then she went back in afterwards and did uh interviews and stuff but uh it's the story of the ninth ward residents what they went through during and then after it's like uh afterwards it's they they took a lot from people like coming in trying to capitalize yeah like outsiders off the ninth ward and and you can see in this film you can see her passion for her uh residents or fellow residents and also her uh, her pain and anger, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a really good film, and uh, she'll be there. She's coming from New Orleans, but uh, but one of her previous documentaries was nominated for an Academy Award. Really, she uh-huh. actually got to go to the Oscars and you know attend and go to the parties yeah. and all that. Now her her film didn't win the Oscar that year, but. How many people can say they've been right. nominated for an Academy Award? It's really special. Yeah, it really is. So, I mean, you could come talk to her this weekend about her experiences, you know. 
man, that's actually really awesome. And, you know, just to think that that's right here. I mean, for me, it's just a few minutes down the road, mm-hmm. not even a few yeah. minutes. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I just, I've never been to a film festival. And so I can only imagine how much fun that is. I mean, it's probably, I bet you can get the bug pretty easy once you've attended something like oh, that. Yeah. So the first year that it was at the museum was actually my first year to see a, a film festival. And honestly, it was a little bit jarring because I sat through the whole day. And I mean, they go from, like you say, there was every genre. It goes from horror directly into the next one is a romance or something. Yeah. And you're expecting, in this romance movie, you're expecting the same outcome from the last movie. <laughs> right, it right. can be a little bit uh, off-putting, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah, if you're somebody who likes to just sit and watch you know, films or whatever... I mean, you could do it at your house, or you can do it here, and you know, amongst other people, and talk about the films, and yeah. meet the people who actually made the thing that you're watching, which is really, it's a cool experience. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about that. I think you know that my children will enjoy it too, honestly, because we're big movie buffs. I mean, my dad, if you listen to the live shows before, my dad owned a video store here in Sulphur when I was a kid growing up. So, like from my fifth grade year all the way till I graduated and beyond, well into college. Uh, Bose videos was such a, a staple here in sulfur. And so growing up, I worked in those stores till, you know, I went off to college. And so, you know, you're around movies all the time. Is that the one, the logo looked like top, top gun. gun. Yeah, I remember <laughs> That's right. <laughs> top gun. Oh, uh, dad, dad loved movies, man. And so when I, I meet people who don't know anything about movies. I sometimes have to remind myself that they didn't grow up in a video store and because you reference them so often. And it was such a, a big part of your world, you know, it's, uh, it becomes pop culture dialogue. Oh yeah. This guy's got his, he's Patrick's <laughs> holding up his blockbuster membership card. My dad would have flipped out and said, give me that card. His dad, that's <laughs> so funny. Back in those days there, you know, this is pre digital age. I mean, people weren't, there were no computers and internet during that time period. So there were all these programs where it's like, um, let us cut up your membership card to whatever video. And we'll give you, <laughs> You know, 10 free rentals, and if you switch memberships, it was like membership wars. I don't even know if you guys knew that would happen, but it was back in the punch card days, you know? So uh, it wasn't a scan or like anything like that where you gain points when you shop. It was just like, I mean, your punch card, and we'd have all these little star shapes and moon <laughs> shapes. It, it was just a different time, man. Hmm. You could almost, for me, that time with, with all those films, I watched more. I think my tastes were more broad. And because of the exposure to so many movies, you could blow through the stuff that was popular really quickly. But then because you had access to it, it was free for me, you know. And so then there's all these other movies that are out there filling this whole space. And as you're cleaning the shelves, you're going, well, that kind of looks cool, you know. Or And you learn to go, don't trust the box or, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. And you, and you get smarter and smarter about the way you digest this. Have you had that experience being yeah. around film? Man, I miss VHS. Oh, yeah, I'm with and you, And I like man. going to the video stores where you could uh, read the back of the boxes mm. and just kind of shop. Yeah. You know, find some obscure movie that you never heard about. But I also like... Uh, VHS would have the creases in it, and you watch it, and it's got all the lines. Yeah. You know, it's just the something about <laughs> watching that at midnight. Watching that, There's some charm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We were having that conversation the other day. I wonder what you think about this. We were talking about, I, I love old cassettes and um, old radios and things like that, and it's not always because I think they were the best technology. You know, granted, my phone's going to play the cleanest track compared to my, you know, cassette tape over there. 
But what I, I on meditating for a little bit, I said, you know, I don't think it's the sound quality. When whenever you, I was at that age, these happy times where you're engaging with that tech. Yes, I'm watching a VHS to watch Back to the Future, and I'm watching Back to the Future. But what's happening is I'm getting this good feeling, is that my brain's also picking up on. The, the way the plastic felt in my fingers, mm-hmm. the sound of the lid flipping, the sound of the rewinder. And I'm not, you're not conscious of that. You're not consciously going, let me absorb these sounds. But your mind is attaching like a magnet, like filaments to that experience. And so then when you get older, like I'm doing now, in the mornings, I told them when I get here, I'll come in and put a cassette in and I'll play it. It's not because I think it sounds great. It's that touch point of feeling those things and those other sounds that I wasn't aware were giving me attached to that joy. Could you would you say that's accurate oh, for yeah, you too? Yeah. Like almost a sensory nostalgia right. or something as yeah. opposed to like the content. You're talking about the the atmosphere, the smell. It, yeah. Like the smell of your grandma's kitchen or whatever. Yeah. Like that kind right, of right. idea. Brings you back. Right, yeah. right. Right, right. You like could you can say, eat an apple pie today, but it's not the same as the exactly. going into that kitchen and you're absorbing all the atmosphere around you. It's right, exactly right. It's it's just neat to do, and I think that uh, I, I guess I was having a conversation online with somebody about that. They were talking about the trends, you know. Oh, now it's tapes and it was records and it's all this stuff. And I said, well, I think there's more to it than just a trend. There may be a trend, and that trend might move through, but there's going to be those people that actually had real experiences with you know the tracking on the vhs mm-hmm. tapes where when you see that you're like oh, it's actually comforting just the tracking is mm-hmm. com- comforting to some degree you, you have that kind of experience oh, yeah. you know what i love was the uh on a record player when you rub your finger on the needle that, <laughs> yeah. that sound yeah it was awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah they talk about that i was listening to a talk show and they were talking about sounds that have disappeared from the world and i was like and they had a whole list and i was like wow I, if you don't stop and think about it there's these sounds that have disappeared and one was the sound of a typewriter and i was like yeah you don't hear that and some people when they hear it they probably couldn't tell you what it is mm-hmm. and then the other one was the a rotary dial on a phone that's a specific sound that there's just generations of people that will go i don't even if you played it for them they'd be like i have no idea what that is yeah like uh, at one point i had a um so i always have off offbeat ringtones and text sounds and all that and at one point, I had a dial-up modem uh, sound oh. on my phone for when I got yeah. an email or something. And uh, there was somebody that asked me, well, what is that supposed to be? Was that yeah, static noise or whatever? And it's like, I never thought I'd encounter somebody that didn't know that sound because that was such a, a big thing for me growing up. I mean, I was yeah. always on the internet, and that's how we got to it was, you know, you dial up AOL or whatever. Oh, for sure. Or you're on the phone. And, uh, you, you know, it's like, I can't talk right now cause they're on the internet or vice versa. And right. it's just the whole conversation. Lots of fighting and houses is like, I'm on the phone, you know, that kind of stuff. My email. I remember my, I do remember my, my first experience with the internet. It was a guy, uh, that I, I worked at a video store and he lived into a trailer next door to it and he would rent movies there. So we'd become friends, you know, it was a typical clerk scenario mm-hmm. and, he would come over and tell me these just crazy stories about like you know like that's where I found out learned about the chupacabra for the first time. He was like, "You, you never heard of the chupacabra?" I was like, "Don't even know what, I don't know what you're talking about." He was like, "Oh, I went on this guy's website," and I was like, "What's a website?" And he was like, "The internet." I was like, "Dude, I have no. You're talking. You're saying words I don't understand. Different language." So like, when you get off, come over to my trailer, man. I'll show you all this stuff. And so I get to his house, and he, you know, the dial-up modem sound, and it was so slow. But back then, I was amazed because I can remember sitting at his computer, like waiting for an image to load, just staring at it, like, what is happening right now? So you can, 
where is this coming from? You know? Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of that big change, man. I mean, now you can just get a movie anywhere instantly. Yeah. I, it almost seems when I watch people standing at Redbox, I just got Sometimes I'll do that. I'll sit in my truck and I'll go, oh, ugh. What a, what a dead experience <laughs> to stand. Yeah, at not Red the Box. same as I worked at a Blockbuster <laughs> video when I was in college. And uh, or actually two of them. I worked here in Sulphur, and then I worked up in Alexandria for a little while when I was at school. But um, the uh, let's see, the the feeling of walking in, smelling the popcorn that had been made, or actually it was usually burnt co- popcorn and coffee. <laughs> but uh, and then uh, and then the tapes they had a smell too, you know. And uh, then we were there for the transition into you know um, uh, DVD at the time. DVD, yeah. So you know there was some switch over with that. But like you're saying about finding the obscure titles or whatever, you can't really do that on Redbox. It's just you're gonna be you're going to consume what they've provided for you, and yeah. that's all you can really get unless you go online and get you know, something on Amazon or whatever. For sure. I mean, I think that's how I found out what genres I really enjoyed and which ones I didn't was by just watching a ton of ton of movies, man. I mean, mm-hmm. speaking of genres, do you have a favorite? I kind of like the uh, adventure, action-adventure drama. Yeah, like we'll give an example. Well, my oh. favorite film of all time, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There you go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anytime someone's on a quest or I like like jungle adventures yeah. or, or just searching for something, you know, just yeah, cool stuff. Do you ever like any of the knockoff type stuff like Alan Quartermain? Oh, yes. and, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Romancing the Stone, I thought that was pretty good too. That was I I listened to uh, cool. I have one of these old Back to the Future DVDs, and I guess I forgot that they would do this on these DVDs where you would play the movie and then the director would talk the whole time. Right. I mean, I guess that's common, but I didn't, I forgot that people do that. And so I was actually playing it one night when I was up here. I was like, who is talking? <laughs> and I came up here and I was like, Oh, and I totally zonked out, man. I sat right there where Braylon's at. And I was like, wow, dude, I didn't know any of this stuff, <laughs> but they were talking about romancing the stone and how nobody wanted back to the future, man. Like they just could not get, get it made. And so they kind of gave up cause they didn't have a hit. They had a bunch of stinkers. And he goes and does Romancing the Stone, and it's a hit. And then all of a sudden, everybody was like, hey, where's that Back to the Future script, that screenplay that you guys wrote, you know? Hmm. So it was kind of cool how he had to, nobody was giving him a chance, you know? Yeah. And uh, I thought that was kind of neat how many failures there are before one thing happens and everything just all of a sudden starts tumbling in place. I wonder how many of these films at this film festival will be that way, you know, where people you know, haven't been exposed and they go, whoa, this is going to blow up. I don't know, but you know, I hope it inspires people to go out and make films because uh, with the technology now, like we're talking about, it's easy. I mean, Braden's got his phone sitting right there; he could be filming a movie right now. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. There's programs you can edit on your phone, upload right. it to YouTube. YouTube, you have your own TV station. Yeah, right? man, true. Your yeah. own channel. Well, you're right. Somebody actually messaged me the other day <clears throat> and uh, said, "Hey, how much would it cost to make a video for X X Y Z business like the one you made for Brimstone?" And I was like, what video did I make for the Brimstone? They were talking about the 80s thing. And I was like, oh, that 80s video. And I was like, and I hate to say it, but I went, I, honestly, I made that on my phone. I, did, I edited it on my phone. <laughs> I just threw the titles in on my phone. I really didn't, you know, I just walked around with a smooth cam thing and, and that was it. And then, but but to somebody else, they were like, hey, that's cool. I, I can't do it. Can you do it? And I said, well, I actually can't really charge for that. I mean... But I mean, $3,000. Yeah, I was like, I mean, you could, but I, my impulse is like what you said. I go, oh, you could, I want to go, oh, you can do it too. Let me, give me 30 minutes and I can download this on your own. You can go 
tell stories too, you know, <laughs> show you how to do it. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like what you're encouraging is for people to use what you have. Right. Right. Yeah. That's something in filming, you know, like I told you, we do a lot of commercial work that I think about a lot. <clears throat> I get in conversations about gear and I get very burned out really quickly because there's like the gearheads, you know, mm-hmm. and no, no, you might be a gearhead. Oh, no, no. I'm not either where it's like, Oh, this new gizmo or do you have the newest camera? And I told a friend of mine in New York who, he was messaging me and saying, Hey man, I'm, you know, I got a budget. I need a little something I can take pictures with and maybe do some video with. And I said, dude, honestly, I'm gonna tell you what camera I use a lot because it's lightweight and it's just good for, I can, I, the stuff I've shot with that I have preferred nine times out of 10. And most of the people are watching it on the computer. It's the old T2i I have just a Canon rebel T2i. Right. One of the first ones. And I said, man, it has a grain to it sometimes because the sensor is not the best, you know. And I, I get back to editing and I go, man, I actually kind of, with good glass on it, mm-hmm. that camera for me, I can put it in a bag and I just come back. It has a look that I like. Hmm. You know, it's the closest for me. It gives it a, I don't have to do any kind of grading to give it like a film look, you know. And I just find that people overcomplicate it by going nuts with gear sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. What's your What's your go to? Do you have like a go to like kit that you go, man? I, I prefer shooting. Yeah, I'm like you. I've got a, a Canon Rebel. I think it's the five model. Yeah. And uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I a shot some camera. stuff with uh, Tom last month at the Brimstone. We mm-hmm. did a little '80s video. Yeah. Uh, in a set that he built. Yeah, that's gonna be a good project when it's completed. Yeah. Your. Uh, oh, film. you shot in that that diorama. Right. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. Is it a little story, like a film? Is that uh, It's going to be a reenactment for a documentary I'm working on. Well, that's cool, man. Like, yeah, flashback to the 80s type thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that was a great place to do it. That little room had so much stuff in there. Yeah, we yeah. had, I think, four four total photo shoots in there Yeah, and video video shoots, which was, I thought that was kind of crazy. We just, we built a thing and people liked it, so. Well, it was like a little set. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, if you can write it. That, that gets into really, I guess, what you're probably going to experience, huh, these indie, with these indie films is that you're, at least what I experienced when, when an indie film goes big and you're like, wow, this is really something special. There's a passion in there that maybe sometimes isn't there with your big mainstream titles. Is that something that people could probably... Oh, yeah. Uh, these indie films, you don't have studios uh, breathing over your shoulder and, and guiding your film and you know telling you, no, you can't do this or this, this sponsor paid us you know $2 million. You got to do what he wants. You got to put his nephew in your film. You don't have all that. You do what you want. Yeah. So it's more a piece of you than anything. Mm-hmm. And everybody should be making films because everybody has a story to tell. Yeah. Everybody does. That's true. You know, and now, like we were talking about, anybody can make a film. And uh, if now if you want to make a, a better film, you know, with better equipment and, and get it, you know, on Netflix or something like that, uh, of course you have to have better gear. But um, this festival, there'll be people there that can guide you through that. That's cool. Like, if you've been thinking about it, come to this festival. Uh, we actually have a panel. We're bringing in um, Louisiana Entertainment. That's a division of the Louisiana Economic Development. It's our government. Okay. They're going to be sitting in on a panel telling what the state can do to help you make your film. Oh, wow. Like, okay. Okay. And and also with that, we have the local uh, Lake Charles slash Southwest Louisiana uh Film commission. Okay. Somebody from that's going to be there. They can tell you how to, you know how they can help you if you're looking for locations to shoot on. Right. Right. Whatever. What they can do for if you need a street blocked off. Right. Okay. And then this is exciting. We had there's a new uh, 
channel coming to Louisiana called the Louisiana Film Channel okay. out of Baton Rouge, and they're launching next year. They're going to be here this year, and they're soliciting films to show on their channel. Hmm. And it's got to be a Louisiana-made film. And they're going to be here to audi- uh, audition, to uh, interview oh, wow. Louisiana filmmakers that are attending the festival. They'll be watching some of their films. They'll have a table set up where you can register your film to play on their channel. Yeah, They're going to shoot some B-roll, you know, some content and stuff for their channel, some interviews and stuff. But uh, the best thing, these filmmakers will get paid Oh, wow. Really? Right. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's what I was sitting here listening to you. I was going, I mean, you know, when we went back there to get coffee, that whole room of mine is full of gear. And I I always tell my wife this. I said, man, we could make anything we want, but it's pointed at commercial work all the time. But there's that bug in you that you can't help but daydream about where you're like, man, I, I, I really would like to do something. Go into something like this is going to, could, could, tilt the scales for a lot of people who are having those same thoughts they're going man I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of doing this but I'm not really over the edge but I'm really dreaming about this thing they could go here and really probably get that oh, yeah. get the resources or if you, say, say you wrote a script and you, you have no idea how to make it into a film yeah come to the festival we're, we're going to have mixers also like we'll be at Rick and Jack's and oh uh, cool all over uh, southwest Louisiana then. McFarland's pub yeah okay so uh, you can visit with uh, actors directors you know like, say you wrote a script, but you have no idea what to do, man. You might meet a director at this festival that says, hey, let me see your script. Oh, you know? wow. Okay. You get in contact. It's, it's great network. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I, there's so many dimensions to it beyond just showing up like me, a consumer just going to watch the films. That's just one level, one layer to it. I didn't realize all that. Well, and talk about the, the, the 48-hour sprint, oh, the yeah, film sprint, because yeah. that's a good way to get involved quickly. Right. If, if you're out there and you, you want to learn filmmaking or you just want to participate, but you have no idea what you're doing or anything, or if you do know what you're doing, but you just want something fun to do. Right. Every year we have a 48 hour film sprint. Okay. And what that is, it, it's free to participate and you can participate from anywhere in the world because oh. we do it online. Oh, okay. So uh, you don't have to like show up and turn your film into us. You can just upload it to YouTube, send us a link. But what it is, Say it Friday at 7 p.m. You check our website and we give you three things that has to be in your film. Oh, cool. And we give you a prop, a line of dialogue, and a character. Neat, man. And then you take off. you got 48 hours to make a complete film between three and ten minutes long. Okay. And it has to contain those three elements. Cool. It can be any genre. It's interesting to see how each director... He yeah. uses those three elements in his film. That know? sounds fun, because man. Because somebody might turn in a horror film, a uh, action, a uh, romance, you know, but it has those three elements in it. Hmm. And uh, this year we used um, the character has to be named Mr. Big. Okay. The prop is a cigar. Uh-huh. And the line of dialogue is, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. so that, man, boy, that's interesting. So and, what and are, we had seven teams participate, and we'll be showing all seven of those films this weekend. Oh, really? And oh, they're that's all, cool. all from Louisiana. Okay, not just from Southwest no, four, Louisiana. Four from Lake Charles. We had one from Derrida, one from Slidell, okay. and the other one was from around New Orleans. That actually sounds awesome. like a lot of fun to do, man. Oh, it is. So do these people, are there people that would come back and do it like the same ones year oh, after yeah. year? Oh, yeah. Oh, we usually have a few Texas entries. Yeah, but uh, this year, like what last week, they got hit by that hurricane. Right, the, the, right, the storm. right. They got some water, a lot of flooding. Lot of water. So yeah, that we could, we didn't have those back this year, but uh, they really wanted to. In fact, some of us, e- some of them emailed me, and, you know, saying we can't do it. We're, you oh, know, we're gonna miss it and stuff. 
but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's been a while for me. Uh, I'm, I've talked to you before. I love the appreciation of everything. Yeah. And so to watch these guys who and gals who love film, uh, my thing has been joining them whenever they do the film sprint. Yeah. And so I'm more of a, it was just a weird role for me. Continuity. Yeah. It's so important. And so to sit in on a film and like just assist them. Yeah. That's what I love to do. Yeah. Uh, but to watch the, the whole film come to life uh, and kind of help in that way. Uh, it's a little something for everybody. So even if you think, you know, I'm really not a big film person, uh, being able to be on the set, if you will, and watch how it comes together or throwing in your ideas, yeah. uh, it's really cool to watch it all come to life as a team. So That's cool, man. You should definitely consider entering one year. I would like to be just, yeah, I would like to, uh, it sounds crazy, the word I keep thinking is like a ride-along, because, I mean, it's really cool what you're talking about. I'm, I was thinking about this, I was actually talking to a guy yesterday was asking me about what we do. And I said, well, you know, I kind of got into the video category and he said, so what's your background with video? I said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, it's mostly has been exposure to working with other people in video and then having a high level of interest and figuring crap out. I mean, I said, you know, for me, I come at it from comic books. When I was a kid, I loved comics. I loved to draw and I drew, I thought I was going to be, I did. And when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be a comic book artist. (laughs) And so what that's translated into is sequential storytelling. You know, so when I'm doing things now, I go, well, this is that scene and this is where the camera's going to be. And it's been, been a big help to have that little skill as somebody that's going out to shoot things, you know, because then I can go, well, I kind of know where these shots and these people are going to be because I've kind of drawn them out. And I told him, I said, if you're interested in that kind of thing, I said, just look at the skill set you have and see what you have that can be possibly tweaked and applied to film. And, and you might have that bug in you. You don't even know. There might be people out there that have the right set of skills they just don't even know it and they go to something like this and they get yeah. that they get that uh, motivation they need let me mention something else that you just reminded me the um, to go beyond the film festival if you're interested in filmmaking or screenwriting we have an organization called the Lake Area Film Group okay and we meet the fourth Thursday of every month at Rick and Jack's at seven o'clock okay and what we it's, it's a group of like-minded filmmaker well, that's you know, cool directors actors all that and we have equipment people have equipment if you want to make a film there's no reason why and you live in the lake area yeah no reason why you can't get it made you have, yeah you have, people you know, have stuff yeah, yeah somebody will loan you a camera somebody you know you they'll, they might even come run it for you yeah you, you have people that will loan you microphones and lights and everything see that's uh, that's that's and awesome you'll find man. actors if, if you have a script and you need 10 actors we, we can find them for you yeah so there's no reason why you can't make it and, and you say you have no budget you don't need it. Everybody's right. going to donate their time and their equipment, and they're yeah. going to help you make it. You know. Yeah, man. You might want to feed them some pizza or something. <laughs> that's the important part. Get Look, you're fed. right, man. I mean, that's the truth. You, I, did, I guess it's great to have a collective like that. I, I love that attitude too of helping each other versus being in competition with each other. And there's certain creative industries where you find there's a there's a moment in time, I guess, where you see people working together. And uh, I like that. It's what it sounds like. It sounds like, hey, well, let me help you. I want to be a, just be a part yeah. of it and assist. And if I have a, a lens. I mean, right. I was talking to somebody one time. We were out shooting a commercial. And this guy was helping us. He's like, I just want to come. I, I know how to do X, Y, Z with the cameras. I was like, okay, cool. He just wanted to go. We opened up the, the case with the glass in it. And he went, dude, can I borrow some of these sometimes? Because he was going, you know, I would have to go rent these pieces. And I never even occurred to me. What would it be like to be with people and you can go, oh, well, I need this certain lens. I would love to have that for this shot. And then to be around people to go, oh, well, I have that. Awesome. I don't right. have to buy it. I don't have to add it to my kit. I can use it for this scene. 
or this these certain shots help each other out i love that you can find that group on facebook just search for a uh, lake area film group there's also the lake area writers group um ken henderson i think he lives in moss bluff um he's a professional writer he's been doing it for several years probably over a decade he actually has some scripts that are being shopped around hollywood right now oh wow and uh you know he sold stuff in the past but uh he started this writing group so as a professional screenwriter you can come to him with no experience and he'll help you learn the craft of writing screenplays and he'll also help you with uh, your story like he'll read your script give you critiques he'll kind of mentor you to write a good screenplay i love that man so that's another group here in town you're just touching on so many things that this show's supposed to be about in, in everything you're saying. You know, Tom's a big uh, fan of Mr. Rogers, and that's mm-hmm. one of the stories Mr. Rogers tells about his mom saying that to him, you know, look for the helpers. And uh, I think sometimes it's easy to forget when you look around the world, you know. You think maybe nobody wants to help each other out, but you sit down and have, you know, what, a 40-minute conversation with someone like you, and we're talking about movies, but you're revealing that people are out there that want to help and whatever oh, yeah category you're in i really like that yeah, a lot i've known braylon for probably what about 10 years maybe wow and uh we've worked on projects together but mm-hmm. his memory he probably won't remember <laughs> uh, we did remember the bayou rum uh, yeah i do we yeah. actually were going to enter a contest but then for some reason we didn't qualify is that what it was something happened. but we had already know. shot some footage this was before bayou rum launched yeah we went to their facility and shot a bunch of b-roll and did some interviews with the owner and then we actually went to the casino for the inaugural toast. Oh, I remember that. They I brought saw in pictures uh, from, it. from the Duck, Duck Dynasty guy. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, Troy. What, I forgot his name. I don't name. remember. Yeah, the shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him yeah. guy. And yeah. that's what he did. He held up the, uh, the the glass with the rum. Shoot him. Wait, did you film that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I watched that. It was a okay. little documentary about the whole thing. Yeah. yeah oh, that was your, yeah. okay, yeah. Y'all, y'all worked on that together? Yeah. Okay. I'm more of a, so my, my expertise, if you call it that, uh, scouting. And I've helped a lot of different people uh, find locations to film at. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love scouting. Yeah. That is a big part of it. I mean, even in commercial work, I mean, it's like, where are we going to shoot this at? And you have ideas, you know, your dream spot. But that dream spot for me, I always go, well, we're going to have we, uh, the dream might be halfway there. We're going to have to use this space and make do. And that's that's a lot of times the difficult challenge the filmmakers have, especially on a budget, right? Oh, yeah. Making a space work. I just want to say, you're talking about budgets. I say, you know, you don't need a budget, like getting help in that. But if you want to make a way better quality film that you're trying to get marketed, yeah, the state has uh, grant programs. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know about them. I mean, you can apply for grants to get funding for your film. Okay. And it's not, you know, they don't give you 50 bucks or something. I mean, some of these grants are, you know, thirty to $50,000. Oh, wow. And you can do a lot, you can do yeah. a lot with that. And that, that's something else at these uh, group meetings I was talking about that, that we discussed. So if you're looking for funding, it's out there. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that, that actually sounds like something that people who are interested in film, especially students, too, that oh, yeah. maybe yeah. aren't even aware that they mm-hmm. need to be attending this thing. Heck, I'd like to go just honestly to meet the people in there. I mean, we... We have a high level of interest in that as well, especially maybe not so much in the commercial side, but in the, the find the good news side of our, you know, creative services. We are doing little road trip documentaries. We, I found pretty quickly for me, there's a little film experience for me. I was like, well, I, I need to use limited resources to do this. You know, I'm going to be interviewing the person out at their location. I don't want to be on camera, uh, but I also need to make sure that it's, 
you know, looks good. I got out there and boy, I overloaded that first time. I had too many cameras. I had this bigger idea and I got out there and I realized that my anxiety was a part of the whole equation that I hadn't really considered. I was like, okay, my stress level's gone up because now I'm worried about this camera and that camera and I'm over here and I had too many things. And then I'm no longer focusing on what really makes the show work, which is me connecting with the person. So that next one I did, I cut, I cut all that in half. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. It was better. And then the third one, I honestly showed, shot 90% of it on my phone with that smooth cam. And I realized that that's what I, for, for that particular format, that's the best way for me to do it. And I think sometimes I, I forget that I go, well, I have all this stuff. I need to use it. And then you go, no, I need to retool my mind as somebody who's going to be shooting films. And maybe filmmakers deal with this every time is going, I'm, I'm overdoing it. I need to just focus on making a better shot. I don't need to focus on, you know, hooking this in too many angles and I'm going to have all these quick cuts. Maybe I just need to focus on the shot. I was, re- I was listening to a podcast with Vincent D'Onofrio the other day and he was talking about uh, doing um, Full Metal Jacket with Kubrick. And he said uh, he was so adamant about not moving the camera you know too much he was like why why move it does it make the move does it make it better is it does it serve the story so it made me want to go back and rewatch that movie and i was like wow i never thought of it that way before but these little things directors decide like that to watch, watch alien again the camera hardly ever moves yeah locked down yeah and so they're like put all the work right here do what you do your job do it well in front of the camera and, you know, there's always these styles of directors where you're going, oh, they use these dynamic angles and stuff. But really, these these good directors that work now to work with actors are saying, no, I've pointed the camera at the scene. We worked hard on the scene. Go do your job really well in front of the scene. And there's no special. Mm-hmm. There was nothing more to it. But what a fantastic movie it ends up being, you know, because the story is so the actors are really getting to perform and shine. Do you have a favorite director? I kind of like Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean, he does all of his filming in Austin area. You know, he brought major independent film stuff to Austin. Yeah, and of course, uh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite Spielberg movie? That's a toughie, huh? Well, Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What What's your tier of Spielberg movies? Like, if you just go to and pick three right now to have the VHS. I'd say Raiders, uh, ET. Uh, well, I know he didn't direct Back to the Future, but he was a producer. Yeah. Of it. Um, if that counts. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he had some fingerprints on it. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Close Encounters is a good one. Jaws, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, Jaws. Yeah. That's another movie that I like to listen to the commentary on, director's commentary. I learned so much about why that movie looked the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Although, it was how problems create solutions that become better than the thing that you were originally going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you probably have heard that kind of stuff, but he was talking about how. You know, that, that fear of the shark and a lot of Jaws, you don't see the shark. And it be, was because he said he never could get a shark that he was happy with to do the way he wanted to originally film it. So the solution was to film a lot of it where you don't see the shark. It's just the implication of him. And I was like, wow, and it ended up being this terrifying thing. And now to this day, that's sort of how filmmakers approach I mean, that's actually scarier if you think about it. It is. You can't see. It was new at that time, you know. It was a new direction, so I thought that was kind of cool. 
When I was a kid and saw Jaws for the first time, I was scared to even go take a bath. Me too. You were one of those? <laughs> wow. Oh, that dude, that's real. Be in that tub. Wow. You know? yeah. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you a story. Short. I'm bad about going on too long, but look, my mom will attest to this. Our bathtub, I'm terrified of sharks. Same from Jaws. Our bathtub was gray. And do you remember them little, uh, they look like flowers. They were like little skid stickers oh, that yeah. you could stick everywhere. Well, when they would peel off, they would actually pull the porcelain, like paint off of the tub and you'd reveal the iron. So in that tub where one of them flowers had come off, there was a, a dark circle on the left side at the back of the tub. And on the right side was the dark circle of the drain. And I would get in there and when it would fill up with water, when I would look down in there, what I saw was like I was looking down on that shark <laughs> from the top, and those two circles were his eyes, those black <laughs> dots. And I would, not kidding you, I would do the shark dance. I would get in there, and I would be jumping up and down, washing up, and jump out of that bathtub. Dude, I was so scared. <laughs> as fast as you could. Now, how is that? Now, is that insane how a movie could like, leave that in you? Well, you're saying this, and I hope he never hears this, because he would... My grandfather is deathly afraid of birds. Yeah. And so I think it was the film that made him, I mean, literally, he the would freak out if yes. Oh, yeah. So like we go anywhere, that there's a dentist office that was uh, in, in town, and they had all the ducks around there. And yeah. so he'd have to go and bring my grandmother, and he would not get out the car. <laughs> That's wild, and man. And he's, he's really afraid of birds because of the film. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, if you hearing you say that about Jaws, I mean, I'm one of those people, man. I went and saw my first 3D movie was Jaws 3D. Yeah, I'd never seen one before. And so we're at the movie theater, and there's a scene in Jaws 3D. It's not scary, but there's a, a frog and a, sitting on something, and that frog jumps towards you. And I don't like frogs. I mean, I think they're pretty, but I don't want them on me. <laughs> and I was little, and I had a big one of those big wax cup Cokes at the theater. And I can remember when that frog jumped, I squeezed it, and like just <laughs> it was all over me, ice. So to this day, like I'm still my sisters used to laugh at me because I would get home and I was older, like 17. And there, after it would rain, there'd be frogs on the front door. And I would just sit there and throw like rocks at the door, like little <laughs> pebbles to try to, to try to get the frogs off. Cause I was like, man, I think that's stuck again. It's another, like <laughs> something about that frog jumping forward left, like a fear in me of something's going to get on me. <laughs> <laughs> Movies affect us, man. I mean, they do. Right. What's one that really affected you? Like, that really just gets in, that got into Well, besides you? Jaws, uh, you remember, I don't know the name of it, but they had that promo, if you're home alone, don't answer the phone. Oh, when a stranger calls. Yeah, back. is that the name of it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that freaked me out. Because every time my parents would leave and I was home alone, I just knew there was a stranger hiding in a closet <laughs> yes. or something. Have you seen, have any of y'all seen that movie? I've not seen that it's one. It's a no. classic scary movie. Yeah. The story, the, the thing that's a catch of that is, and it's a, now you, people will be like, oh, I've seen it, heard it. But at that time, the, the character called, there's somebody tormenting a person in a house in, in a nutshell. And so, uh, the person is getting these calls from the person and they're, they're answering the phone and like they're tormenting through the phone. Anyway, they call the police and back then it's like, we're going to trace the call. And then the police call them back and say, We've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. Hmm. And so the whole movie, you're thinking this person's been outside. I saw the remake, and I really enjoyed it. So oh, it's great oh, to watch the classic. The yeah. I know uh, what was Scream kind of played on that little yeah. with the phone mm-hmm. calls. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I, there was something scary about that. I'm with you. That was a yeah. somebody's watching me. That was something about movies that uh, there's just many, I guess, where I almost I hate being raised on them. They form... 
they form you a little bit. I mean, morally, I think, honestly. Oh, yeah. That happened for me. There are several films where I go, oh, when I watch them today, I go, I can see seeds of who I am in this film. Hmm. Especially like the old Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. There was a sense of honor about that character that uh, he just felt like a good guy. And that was very important to me Like that that be like, oh, I want that person to be real. I wish this character were really in our world. Hmm. Somebody good like this, you know, that just wants to help people. See, you all base it on uh, the film junkies really look at it from from that perspective. For me, my favorite experience is sitting in a theater and watching. Uh, I love trailers, uh, but the voiceover part. And I've told you oh, yeah. that was always a dream of mine. And so uh, doing voiceovers, when you think about uh, how they deliver it and the yeah. big voices and, and that, that's what pulled me into film. Because to oh, me, that okay. kind of sets the tone for you know, how this movie's going to impact you. And yeah. uh, I've been watching a lot of... Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't have cable at home. We watch uh, a lot of DVDs. I don't have internet. I just got internet. Uh, lots of DVDs. And so they'll show the trailers beforehand. And so listening to Don LaFontaine and all these big voices, sure, uh, they voiced... I mean, you name from Terminator to... You know, you, you name the movie. You get to see now, like, ah, I remember that. Yeah. And it sticks with you more than you realize. So for me, voiceovers... Uh, when you're at the theater are a big part of the experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was that movie that came out not too many years ago called In a World. I don't know if y'all saw yes. it, but it was all about the voiceover uh-huh. industry and the girl breaking. She was in the voiceover world. That was pretty interesting. Uh-huh. The uh, How there's this whole under another layer to the film world. You don't even really think about it, but it's got the same uh, pettiness sometimes mm-hmm. and dynamic with the actors, with the voiceover people, you know, like. Yeah. Trying to fight for jobs, you know, and thinking their their voiceover would have been better. They'd have been a better choice. Hmm. I love that stuff. It's been a lot of fun uh, talking to you about this. I've enjoyed it, but the joy might be over because we're about to we're about to jolt things up, hook up the wires, Tom. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. If you've listened to the show, then you guys know what's coming. This is the live wire challenge. <laughs> It's time to play with electricity and grab the live wire. It's live. Live The questions are better, stronger, faster. It's the live wire channel. Live wire. Live wire. Okay, so before we started airing, Tom and I decided that I would go first. If you've listened to the show before, you know that the live wire challenge, these questions are created specifically for the people that we're interviewing today. So you're going to have some choices. You're going to have some decisions to make. you got to make them pretty fast, but uh, don't be afraid. It's going to be good. And he's biting his <laughs> fingernails. <laughs> Live wire question number one. You wake up in an unfamiliar bed with a ringing in your ears that's got you seeing double. Where am I, you think, as you stumble over to the window? It's night but you barely know it from the spotlights that pass across your window, messing with your focus, adding to the growing migraine in your skull, along with the bullhorn that's blasting out demands in a language you can't understand. Is that Russian? You hear something that passes for fireworks outside your room, and when you crack your door, you see a couple running down the hall. You shut the door and you peep through the view hole just in time to see two figures clad head to toe in black tactical gear brandishing exotic firearms, having a heated discussion as they chase the frightened couple down the hall. Yep, that's definitely something that sounds like Russian. You lean against the wall to collect your thoughts, but they're scattered quickly by a hard rapping in the door, followed by a voice that wields confidence and authority. Open the door, it's me, Jay. 
I'm here to get you out. Yep, that's English. Definitely English. But you didn't quite catch that name. I don't know any J. You think? You look through the peephole, and with a sigh of relief, you realize who J is. You're in good hands, and these baddies are really, really in for it. You open the door. Who is there to rescue you, and why are they the best choice? Is it John McClane, John Wick, Jason Bourne, James Bond, or John Rambo? Hmm. That's you. That's yeah, you were in the room, bub. How about you, Bray? You're in the room too. I'm Who's a big coming? Diehard fan, so John McClane. <laughs> I'll say Rambo. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say Rambo. Why is Rambo the best choice to get you out of there? Because he's going to get it done no matter what. Yeah. You can't keep him down for anything. I'm coming for you. (laughs) Murdoch. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm with you on that. I like all those guys, but... uh, He did a great job writing that, right? Yeah. That was well done. We're like... Is this going to be a question? (laughs) Yeah. The first question is usually some kind of big scene to set the stage. Yeah, or it's pitching the script. (laughs) Anybody want to pick this up? Yeah. No, man. So, John Rambo. So, when? how did you feel when you first saw Rambo? Man, that was... First Blood. First Blood. Yeah. That was awesome. Just loved every bit of it. Yeah. It's like a perfect movie. I agree. I'm with you. You guys like First Blood? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Have you seen the new one? Oh, yeah. I haven't got to yet, but I'm ready, man. I'm going to go by myself, I think, because I don't think anybody else wants to watch it with me. But I'm ready for that. Somebody, they said it's like Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, it's like Home Alone, except super violent. And I was right. like, okay. I, I, I already was like, I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah, I liked I liked First Blood too, man. My dad that that comes from my dad. He he was a Vietnam veteran, and there was something about the way you know John was treated in the beginning of that movie that really resonated with my dad. I think, and so mm-hmm. he he had a even Bo's videos in Westlake was called Rambo Video. I mean, of course, rest Westlake Rams, but he he couldn't resist calling it Rambo Video because he's a big Rambo fan. Hmm. I remember going to see uh, First Blood Part Two with my dad and that scene where he comes out of the mud was one of the most to me that was one of the most epic moments in a movie I've ever seen you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. oh yeah that eyeball opens behind and I was like oh these guys are in trouble he's right behind them <laughs> you ever see uh, UHF with Weird oh, Al oh yeah remember the Rambo <laughs> yes. scenes in there yeah that is a great movie it is UHF if you're a film buff have you seen UHF I have yeah, yeah. I mean that's a good movie man you get to kind of poke fun at some of those things that you like when he ties his bandana and blood squirts out. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of little movies like that that were funny I thought like Hot Shots yeah. I loved Hot Shots yeah. man I'd like to go back and watch that it's been a lot of years that... Men in Tights that was a good I, I was a huge fan of the oh, Robin, Robin Hood, Hood Men um, in Tights yeah. the Prince of Thieves movie with Kevin Costner and uh, so when Men in Tights came out, I thought that was a good answer to that film. For sure. There was a lot of that actually going on. I, I And they think like, what is it, Scary Movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, those. The I, airplane movies, those came out. I just listened to an interview with the guys from uh, Matthew Lillard. And he said that the, the original name for Scream was actually called Scary Movie. That's what hmm. they were taught, thinking about calling it. But, you know, ultimately the parody became the name. But then, of course, they actually made Scary Movie. Yeah, right. They call it Scary <laughs> Movie. It's poking fun at Scream. So yeah. it was kind of kind of neat. I uh, 
I don't know. I, I liked action movies. I mean, when I was a kid, man, all those action movies, dude. I mean, you name it. Those uh, last night, my son and I were laying in bed and uh, went on Cinemax and I watched Commando. Man, I was like, oh yeah, hmm. I love Commando. As a, and it's funny because it's been so many years since I'd seen it, but it's like all of it starts coming back in these little key, these key moments, and even lines that as a kid that I thought, God, this is so cheesy some of schwarzenegger's lines they stay with you yeah. they really do man like that scene in commando uh that's not a schwarzenegger line but it was uh god whoever the villain was i can't remember it was like his ex-teammate but he was one of the baddies with him got up to he was trying to act tough and he's like Slitting a little girl's throat is like slitting warm butter. And I was like, dude, this is the dumbest dialogue, man. But as a kid, you know, you love that stuff. This is so excessive back then. All right, Tom, I think it's time for live wire number two. Number two. All right. Uh, I don't have the same narrator voice, so I hope this one's not a script. Let's see. <laughs> you've been given a great you've been given a great gift. You've been chosen to receive all the powers and gifts that come with saying one of these legendary statements from across the landscape of film and television, but choose wisely because your first choice sets the rule. There can be only one from Highlander, Klaatu Barada Nikto from Army of Darkness, Abra Kedavra from Harry Potter, Shazam from well, Shazam, by the power of Grayskull from He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Or Moadip from Doom. Hmm. Shazam! Oh, that's the one, huh? Why? Why Shazam? I, like, I just loved it, man. Growing up as a kid, not only would I watch the show, but when it was over, I would put on my underoos. Oh, yeah. My lightning bolt. Yeah. And I would pin a towel, my mom's towel, to my... my uh, back and i'd run out in the yard and play shazam man. Awesome. we had a similar yeah. I, I can reson that resonates with me man i we me and my cousins do the same thing mm-hmm. that towel with them old safety pins a little plastic oh, yeah. cap yeah man we do that we play on my grandparents back porch and jump off the high ledge and <laughs> you know not yeah. not shazam but it was superman and aquaman all that yeah man shazam what about you braylon any of that resonate with you uh, in my own way yeah yeah <laughs> not to say the films but yeah when i was younger i did that as well what about the, what would your choice be though? Would it also be Shazam? I'm not certain to be honest. Yeah. Hmm. Tom, I know, but I bet, I bet. Oh, I it's the He-Man. Yeah. By yeah, the power nice. of Grayskull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> turn yeah. some, turn into a huge guy, take my clothes off, you know, <laughs> run around town with Tom. a big sword. <laughs> Tom? Okay. This just got so, super. It's we just, just learned uh, more about Tom. Yeah. <laughs> run around, take my clothes off and run around yeah. town with my huge sword. Solving crime. Okay. <laughs> that, 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 that's the standout moment for me so far. Somebody's going to quote that part later. <laughs> Let's hope so. Mine was probably. It'll be tough. <laughs> when we were writing these, I was like, you know, oddly enough, I think I selfishly stuck the one I want in there. And it's at the end. It was Maudib from Dune. Mm. I just thought, even as a kid, like, what a cool concept for a weapon that the vibration of a word had power and then you know the the level of the power was based on that word and i just remember watching dune and when they said modib and then all the devices started going off and i was like oh that's so cool like he's the guy you know it was just that moment it was pretty epic for me <laughs> although it's probably the weakest of the bunch in there nobody nobody said army of darkness you know because probably because nobody wants the power of the necronomicon am i right mm-hmm. all right Live wire number three. They say looks can kill, 
But these famous femme fatales are much more than a pretty face. From the most deadly and dangerous to the least, put these famous Hollywood huntresses in order. Imperator Furiosa, Lilu, Katniss Everdeen, Sarah Connor, The Bride, or Player's Choice. Add your own. It's not on the list. Go ahead, Braylon. I'm after pass. <laughs> Another pass from Braylon. Yeah. Got... Hmm. Tom's sticking his finger up. You got one? No, I'm. I'm. You're stumped. You don't know who you think's the most dangerous out of that list. Most dangerous to least. I mean, the bride killed a lot of people. Yeah, she was pretty tough. I did a little bit of a personal face-off when I started doing that. I was like, well, okay, the bride, but then like face Sarah her off Connor. against. That's where I landed. She killed robots, yeah. She did. She's a That's survivor. And she, she's she coming back. She killed robots so. from the future. <laughs> for the future <laughs> <Yeah>. robots. <laughs> I mean, for her, if you think about her story arc and her trajectory, you're talking about a, a waitress who is, if, if we have, you know, obviously the new film, she's going to be in it. She's still around kicking, fighting robots, man. Badass. <laughs> yeah, she, she's badass. And I mean, look, dude. I'm not going to lie. My friends and I went to Charles Cinema, stood in line waiting for that T- get tickets to T2 when it came out in the 90s. And, God, I got to tell you all a funny story about that. <laughs> so, anyway, let me tell you that. So, you know, we stood in line. Dude, we walked out of that theater. Well, we were not let down because that was kind of like almost a revamping because it had been so long since Terminator had come out. You, in your head, it, back then, it wasn't so common to have like revive something that many years later you know so you had terminator and then i mean i never thought i was gonna be another terminator and then dude the special effects were at the cusp of a big change so you left that theater just going dang dude what did i just see did it have that effect on you oh, yeah. t2 was something mm-hmm. i wish that's kind of what I, I hope for in movies now is to have that feeling and when i don't have it i'm a little disappointed because there's no discovery it's hard to push the envelope into like new territory I find with with big cinemas. So yeah, you're, you're right. I believe. You know, it's like, what are they going to do different? Especially but with the there's franchise. nothing you can't make nowadays. Yeah. Right. You right. know, we were so limited in the seventies, eighties, and that. But now, anything you write can be done on on film yeah. for special effects. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. right. Even TV has gotten that yeah. way. It's like, wow, they're doing they're doing things on TV that was like high cinema. You know, you had to have big bucks. Very true. Yeah. Go, going back to your first that first live wire. You mentioned John. Excuse me. You mentioned John Wick. Yeah. And I mean, that's how that was the feeling I got. The same as when I first saw like Terminator or any of those shows. Um, the first time I watched John Wick, I remember leaving the theater like so pumped up. What? Like like that first time you saw The Matrix. I don't oh, know yeah, when you saw that, but I was in college, and I mean, I walked out. I, we had gone with a bunch of my friends. And we walked out of the film, and we were like, "Who can we? Who can we fight?" You know, we were like, not really, <laughs> not really looking for somebody to fight. But it's like you get that feeling of being like, "God, you just feel so pumped," you know? Yeah, I after you, Tom. such an experience. <laughs> it's good. I want to so, party uh, with you. <laughs> so who can we fight? Who can we fight? I Let's like find that. some people. But no, it. Uh, I got stuff. the same feeling from John Wick the first time I watched it, and then when you read about how it was made and all that and go back and watch it again and how they used color to tell the story in addition to the the sounds and the music that they had picked for it it's like man this is they this is a real uh, the real deal you know yeah right right i agree so i like those john wick out. movies have you seen all three of them oh yeah yeah we were i haven't finished the third one i was a little exhausted by the time so much violence in that oh yeah i was like i mean you know by the time you get to the third one it's just real gratuitous violence mm-hmm. and i was like okay i'm ready for it this time but then i got tired like watch i was like <laughs> i was 
going, how is this guy still going, man? He's been sewn back up, giving these rejuvenation medications, which I want some of that stuff. I'm like, what are they giving him? It's like, right. well, you can go for another 48 hours, but you know, you're going to die if you don't get some serious help. <laughs> like, what are they giving John Wick? Speaking of that, though, dude, it gets right back into that story I want to tell about T2 about wanting to fight. Like, some people take <laughs> movies really seriously. Yeah. And it's one thing to take it seriously with your friends, but it's another thing when you're taking it seriously alone. And so me and my buddies were at uh, the T2 movie, and we saw a guy from high school, because the line was long, you know? And we saw a guy from high school that we didn't really know. I, just, I couldn't tell you his name, but, but he did go to school. He's in our grave with us. And we noticed he was wearing like a leather jacket and like sunglasses and his hair was kind of slicked. And at first we didn't pay it any attention, but then we noticed like when he went up to get his popcorn, the way he walked and he, he I would like some popcorn, you know, <laughs> and he would step back and then he turned like a robot and he walked into the theater. And we were like, you know, again going, is he, is he acting like the Terminator? <laughs> so we watched the movie and then he comes out and he walks out like like Schwarzenegger's posture, real stiff. He goes up to the edge of the road. He was parked at Kmart. I remember this very well. He was parked at Kmart across the street. And he walks up to the edge of the road at, from the Charles Cinema. What is that? Uh, Sale Street right there? Mm-hmm. He walks up to Sale Street, stops. He looks to the left. He looks to the right. Which normally you look both ways across the street, but it was the way he did it, dude. <laughs> and me and my friends were in my truck and we were watching him. We we're like, this dude's acting like the Terminator. He's definitely <laughs> acting like the Terminator. Got in his car. He's by himself. He's not just acting. No, he's yeah, he's, he's doing this for act. himself completely alone. This isn't like Tom and his buddies, like, who are we gonna go fight? He's talking to himself, going, I'm gonna be the Terminator. Why don't I go watch the Terminator by myself? Right. So we get to school. And we'd never, I'd never talked to the guy. And so we, we see him walking by and we're like, hey, man, did you like the Terminator? And I'm not joking you. Do you know what he says? I didn't go see the Terminator. <laughs> and my buddy Dan goes, yeah, dude, you went and saw the Terminator. Now, we weren't going to say anything about, hey, you were acting like the Terminator. We were just like, hey, did you like the Terminator? But when he said, I didn't go see the Terminator, and we knew he saw it, it was like that instigated it. And my buddy was like, Oh, yeah, you went and saw the Terminator. You remember you was dressed like the Terminator. Remember you walked in there and said all this stuff, and he was like, oh, I didn't go to the Terminator. I, I didn't go. I don't even, I don't like the Terminator. Oh. And he walked off, and I swear that memory just burned in my brain. I was like, what an odd occurrence this was. <laughs> you know, for somebody, I just thought about the psychology a little bit. Like, would I do that? Would I go to a movie by myself and pretend to be the character and just go home? And then when somebody said, hey, did you enjoy it? And go, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that was his private escape. Dude, <laughs> that was it. It's an odd little story, though. And I, I, it stuck with me because we enjoyed that film so much and we had such a good well, time. Well, now, if day. you think about it, that's like a common occurrence. That's right. Now. But maybe at that time, he didn't wasn't. feel comfortable publicly. He was early cosplay. Yeah. He was like OG cosplay. And right. He probably it, owns a huge warehouse somewhere now. and. <laughs> Yeah, or dude, <laughs> or you go to his house and you knock on the door and he opens the door. And he goes, Sarah Connor. <laughs> you know, maybe he maybe he lives his life like a Terminator. That would be actually even better. That would be awesome. That would actually be a great short film to follow this person through their life and that little scene right there. Going to the grocery store. Yeah. And- <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh man, that's good. I like that. What are we on? This is number, number four. four. This is a good one. Okay, you ready? Do you get to write and direct a buddy cop movie? 
You're thrilled to get the job, as always. The Hollywood suits have their own ideas, and here's the catch. The actors playing the comedic cops are to be played by famous cinema robots or cyborgs. Who do you cast as your dynamic duo and why? Alright, so you get to choose two of these. You have Wally, Robocop, Chappie, Johnny Five, C-3PO, Bumblebee, the T-1000, the Class M3 Model B9 General Utility Non-Theorizing Control Robot from Lost in Space, Commander Data, and Gurr from Invader Zim. Hmm, that's a lot of robots. That's a lot of robots. You I'd take think. Robocop and the T-100. Ooh, that'd be a good pair, actually. Honestly, you've got like this yeah, menacing yeah. sort of vindictive robot, and then you've got the stoic Robocop, like who's the upstanding, you know. Yeah. Robocop's a good movie. What you're about you, Burr? direct violation of... Who? <laughs> what, what did he say? You're in direct violation of whatever. He <laughs> yeah. rattles off some numbers. Oh, dude, my favorite thing... <laughs> I, I used to say it all the time. My favorite scene in Robocop was when he, you know, busts through the door, throw down your weapons, or there's going to be trouble. And I was like, duh, I like Robocop. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. God, Robocop was so good when it came out, man. What did you think of the remake? I actually didn't hate it. I like Joel Kinnaman because he was in one of my favorite TV shows, The Killing. I don't know if you've ever seen The Killing. He played a character named Holder in that for a few seasons. Awesome show. It was on AMC, I think. It's a great murder mystery. It's it's actually one of the few shows that like I went, whoa, I just blew my mind. It really did. It was a good story. He's an awesome actor, but when he got to RoboCop, I was like, oh, I like Joel Kinnaman. I felt like it just didn't stretch him. It was a typical popcorn action sci-fi thing, and it didn't push him too far. But uh, I did like it. I didn't think it was bad. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it was RoboCop. I prefer the original, yeah. Me too. Oh, Peter Weller. I like Peter Weller anyway. What a great, great guy. He's been in so many cool things. But, hey, RoboCop actually had some cool special effects for that time period. Mm -hmm. It was way... Remember the the prune face guy that runs out and he hits him? Yes, he splatters. (laughs) There's so many little sound bites from RoboCop. You know, I'd buy that for a dollar. All that stuff right. like that, you know, all these little the world. They even made building. a song with that, that. Are you serious? Yeah, you don't remember that? No, but I do remember the song the Robocop. Dance till you drop. Yeah, yeah that's the song. And, and then okay. he, they plug that in. I'll buy that for a dollar. That's right. God, <laughs> yeah. do remember, man. I'm about to find that song. That's kind of funny. Robocop was pretty gross and violent, man. I was surprised by that. I watched uh, Chappie recently, and the the big moose <clears throat> robot reminded me of Ed Two Hundred Nine a little bit. I actually like Chappie. Hmm. I don't know if y'all have all seen that. I haven't seen it. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. What was the other movie that was kind of the same vein? Was District 9? Yeah. I like that, was too. It, that was the same director. Same director. Right? Yeah, that was He's a got one. a particularly lived-in style. Elysium is the one that I, he did with Matt Damon. Yeah, I saw that one, too. His worlds are pretty, I think, <laughs> probably on the pessimistic side of where humanity's heading, you know, and I, I feel like he captures that really well. The overpopulation, environmental mm. stuff going on, and these these dealing with uh, AI. You know, how do we feel about it? Chappie's good though. I, I enjoyed it. So I wanted to answer your question. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Bumblebee and CP3O. Okay. But y'all y'all bringing all these memories. I, I really do have a horrible memory. It's crazy. Um, there was a movie Blank Man. 
I don't know if you Blank ever saw it. Man. One of the Wayans brothers oh, was in I love it. That movie. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. about okay. the little robot that he made. His name's J5. God, I don't even remember that and robot. And so it just came back. <laughs> when you said robots and moved, like, that popped out at you. Re- yeah. yeah. So it was That's crazy. a great man. movie. Yeah. I love how he would throw the, instead of a batarang, he had a boot on a rope. He, he created everything himself. Yeah. Uh, I remember that movie. I only watched it once. I don't have a lot of recall on it, but I do recall, remember watching it. Robots are, are great. I mean, I fell in love with a few. Like, I, I love Johnny Five from Short Circuit. That was oh, a yeah. great childhood movie. Was that, did that have Ali Sheedy in it? Was that the yes. first? Ali Sheedy. That's, yeah, I loved her as a kid. That was one of my early crushes or whatever. And oh, then yeah. uh, Breakfast Club, she was in that too. Yeah. And we then, learned so much about Tom in these interviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Ali Sheedy. Um, she did a movie with John Candy later. Do you remember that one? Mm-mm. Oh, what was the title? Uh, I don't, I don't remember. I, the one that I, that I didn't watch until later in life was, um, St. Elmo's Fire, which oh, I like. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. But uh, she's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, man. And that, Johnny Five was... Johnny Five was great. I like the first one better than the second one. That's, that's a lot of the time that's yeah. the case. T2 would probably be the one that was top to that, where I went, well, I think the, it, it would hit me in a better way. That's mm-hmm. some good effects. Who was doing that? Was that ILM involved? Mm, I, don't I don't know. Yeah, I heard the Terminator sound coming from somewhere. Somebody was making it. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty incredible special effect. <laughs> Nobody picked Gurr from Invader Zim. That was sort of a bonus one in there. Me and my kids love that cartoon, and that's one of the silliest little robots, man. Hmm. Do y'all watch Invader Zim? I used yeah. to. That's a funny little show. It's pretty good. It's come back, actually, on Netflix. I was surprised by that, too. Uh, all right. Well, let's see. We got another Livewire question here. These popular movies and shows were so good... That Hollywood thought they needed to be remade. <laughs> Here we go. Out of these classics, which do you prefer, the original or the remake? Tell us why. Number one, Carrie. Number two, Conan the Barbarian. Number three, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Number four, Planet of the Apes. And number five, Fright Night. Number six, True Grit. But Carrie. Man, I always go for the originals. I, yeah. I mean, I'll watch remakes and I'll enjoy them, but the one I grew up with is the one I love. You know yeah, I mean? it just endeared in your heart. Now, yeah. now, True Grit might be an exception to that list yeah. for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I think True Grit all out of that was... I'm going to say this about the, the Conan the Barbarian one. I, I have a more emotional feeling, like you said, towards the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, but when I watched that one with Jason Momoa, I almost didn't want to because I was like, mm. I ain't gonna watch this garbage, you know, and remaking. It's kind of the childhood thing. You're like, don't touch my childhood. But then I watched it and I thought about the Conan comics that I would read, and I went, actually, it kind of looks more and feels more like the world from the comic books than I felt. That was just me. They they got into that a little more, so I thought it was an all right movie. I wouldn't say it was better. Maybe it was more true to the source material, but I think I, for me, I was still the Arnold Schwarzenegger. What was side. the movie The Rock made? It was just him, but was it the? He did Walking Tall, like a Mummy spinoff or something. Uh, um, Scorpion King. Scorpion was, was that King, it? The yeah. effects were horrible, mm-hmm. but but The Rock in that role reminded me of a Conan. Yeah, yeah. Can we yeah. just talk about The Rock for a second? Because our family loves the freaking rock. Y'all like the rock? I do. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, he's killing it. He is. I like. I just like the guy. He can sing. He can dance. He's freaking super fit. He's fun to watch. I mean, you can put him in a movie. He's a money making machine, man. Mm -hmm. Let me let me be honest though, and I'm not one to write people off because I think you never know what someone's potential could be. 
But who would have thought from WWE, <laughs> oh yeah, man. this guy would become you know, know this megastar? Right. I love watching interviews with him, man. I mean, he's he's smart, genuine he, heart. Yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, he he worked for that too. It wasn't just like he, he it was an easy ride. I mean, like he talked about wrestling in these parking lots, you know, these little. Can you smell what the rock? Oh is man, <laughs> now he's a, he's just a mega star, man. But yeah. he he kind of he kind of freaks me out too, like a little bit. I'm a little scared of him because like his workout videos and stuff that he posts hmm. on Instagram. I'm like, oh, he's intense, man. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what my favorite rock movie is. It's gonna oh, surprise. Yeah, I want to know. It's gonna surprise y'all. I forgot the name of it, but. He's the football star. They call him the king. With the tooth girl. fairy. Yeah. And, and his daughter. Fairy. No, it's not tooth fairy. No? His daughter bedazzles his football. and That's not it. It's not tooth no, fairy. No, it's not. Too, he, it's all about football. Oh. I know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what yeah. that is. And, and they call him the king. And he loves Elvis. He's got Elvis posters in his hmm. mansion. Man, dude. I don't know what movie that he is. He sings Elvis song. It, it's awesome. There was a time period where he uh, he lost all the muscle mass. And he was kind of uh, doing some films. And I, I want to say there was one. The in, Game Plan. The, the game, game Plan. Okay. That was you a need really to watch, good movie. If you haven't seen it, no, watch I'll have it. to check it out. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think great, I've ever <laughs> seen that. He basically, he, he's this uh, playboy billionaire football player star you know hmm. and uh some little girl that it's his that he didn't know he had gets dumped in his life yeah and he i mean he, he's a playboy and, you know what you gonna do with a little kid so it's an it's amazing really great yeah, that sounds awesome you, y'all, y'all would love it i have yeah. to check that one out yeah. I, the one i liked i mean recently was skyscraper i think that's what it's called hmm. that was have you seen that that's seen a that. oh, yeah. die hard on steroids right. man that's what i felt like i was watching modern die hard you know they're talking about revamping that Die Hard franchise, and I was like, man, I don't, I don't. I know. just bought the uh, five DVD collection, oh, yeah? and I've been watching them, and uh, I'm just like, if they really are, uh, yeah, just leave that. Alone. I love Bruce Willis. Me don't too. Do don't do they it. don't need. They, that's one of those ones where I'm like, don't, don't recap this. That first Die Hard just has a, an allure to it. It's, it's leave it alone. You don't need to try to recapture. Okay, that. is it a Christmas movie? <laughs> we were just talking, I was talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about that the other day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think it's a Christmas movie. I do. Because yeah. the first two are, are made. The, yeah, yes, they're holiday they're, films. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Trapped in the airport at Christmas. I mean, yeah. and just the whole. The music? The music. Yeah. When that scene where he's looking at that wrapping tape and all that stuff, I was like, yeah, this is a Christmas movie. Hmm. And that, that made it a Christmas movie. Super violent Christmas movie. So, okay. So, The Day the Earth Stood Still. What do y'all think about that one? Remake or the original? Original. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I've seen the original. All I've seen is the one with Keanu Reeves. I thought it was all right. Planet of the Apes. Original. Yeah. I do like those new films, though. That, the whole series they've done, I thought they have been pretty good. Now, that's some really cool uh, CGI in those films, man. Those those apes or orangutans, monkeys, whatever. All the different right. simians, they really pretty awesome. And Fright Night, I like the new one, but I like the original. Evil Ed. From that, just freaked me out when I was a kid. Whew. True Grit thought that was better than the new one. Honestly, right. I liked it. All right, last live wire question, and that's me. All right, number six. Put these Batman in order from least to favorite: Christian Bale, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, George Clooney, or Val Kilmer. Hmm. I'd say the last three on that list, just go ahead and drop them on the floor. Ben, George, and Val, just <laughs> yeah, get them out just, of there? just get them out of there. Who's your number one? Well, you know, it's hard because Adam West played a completely, you know, he's yeah. instead of the dark knight, he's the bright knight. Completely different kind of uh, Batman. So yeah. I, I don't think I can include him in that list. But um, but I love those shows with Adam West. Yeah. But out of, out of those, man, it, it's hard because uh, Michael Keaton, 
was that 89? Yeah, man. You know, it came first, and then you, then you had the Christian Bale series. But uh, Christian Bale was awesome. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to say Michael Keaton just because that was my first, you know, Batman film. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. that. That's where my number one is. But what? the last three, you can throw them away. <laughs> George Clooney single-handedly just took down that franchise. And it's funny you say that, like, visually for me, uh, the one that sticks out is Val Kilmer's movie. Really? I love the Riddler and how they, they uh, did yeah. all of that. Um, Adam West, I did watch. I watched a lot of older shows when I was younger, but uh, I loved him. So I have to put him second. Um, and then Christian Bale. Yeah. He kind of, for me, he's synonymous with who Batman is. Yeah. What about you? I actually would add one to this list. I think Kevin Conroy for me. I watched oh, wow. the cartoon as a kid more yeah, than I didn't put him on here. And then the video games, he's a voice in a lot yeah. of those. Um I don't know what he looks like in hey, person. Never seen actually, a photo dude, of the guy. Trivia. You know what's coming? I mean not trivia, the new Crisis on Infinite Earths thing mm-hmm. that's coming out. He's gonna be playing old Bruce Wayne. Oh wow. You're right gonna get on. to see him and he'll be Bruce Wayne. Oh that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in my brain, that guy's voice is, he is Batman good. as a cartoon character. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. So, hmm. You're talking about Adam West. Uh, man, growing up, you know, I watched those reruns every day after school, and uh, that's another one where I'd pin the towel to my back and go outside yeah. and play. And I had this, uh, do you remember these? They, they sold it was like a plastic, hard plastic. The, the helmet, bus. Like, like a cow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had that, and I had, remember the big wheels you'd ride? Had, yes. Had that brake you'd pull up and, <laughs> yes. and you spin. And they'd have them like the stickers on them and color would be <laughs> yeah. whatever. You'd have a Batman one. Yeah, they had one, one was called and... the Green Machine. Then they had the, the, the big wheels. But, oh, uh, yeah. That was my Batmobile. <laughs> and I'd have that cape on and that, that helmet. And I'd be going around at my grandma's. And, oh, dude, But uh, yes. I'd play with my brother. But when he would play, I always had to be Robin. I hated that older brother. Oh, dude. I had to be Robin, you know. <laughs> what the so heck? So I'd, I'd rather know. play by myself, you know. Instead of the Cape Crusaders, <laughs> I was the Dark Knight, you know. But, uh. That, that just playing that Adam West but I remember one specific time out with my brother and we were on the concrete and we had a, a the little spray nozzle from the the hose and we were playing like it was Mr. Freeze if, if you would uh, <laughs> if the concrete was wet that was, was the ice. frozen part oh, yeah. Yeah. oh wow and, and, and you know they were closing in on me you know <laughs> leaving me a little circle to stand in oh, I would pretend gosh, I was shivering dude. but yeah That's I can awesome. remember playing those Reenacting some oh, of those for episodes. Sure. Yeah, that's funny about Batman. I, I wish I had it here. I my wife knows what I'm talking about. It's hanging in our closet. There's a little blue silk cape that has red iron on letters that says Batman. And I remember my mom. My mom will still say she goes, "Oh yeah, I remember she sewed it, mm-hmm. and then she took it to this place and had the letters ironed on. And it's all cracked and stuff now. But that's a treasure to me, man. Because I would there's this little cassette tape that I still wish I had. If I would I would pay. A ridiculous amount of money for it but it was of my mom and dad i can hear their voices they're laying in bed and i'm it's my little voice and my dad's like sing the batman song for us and you can hear me jump out of the bed and then my voice trail off down the hall and get like completely <laughs> quiet and then come back and i'm like na 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 no 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 batman and i have that cape on and it was he was recording it for whatever reason and i can hear it and I wish I had it, man. man like crazy. I would love to have that, dude. That that Adam West stuff was sticky, man. When you were a kid, for sure. Man, I collect that. My my whole dining room is all Adam West Batman. How cool, man! Yeah, I got the the helmet, the the, the, the utility belt, batarangs, oh, wow, vehicles. Dude. Your own little bat cave, and that's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's legit, <laughs> no, man. No. I, I believe it. That, that's cool, man. 
Yeah, that, <laughs> he's been over a few times. Video uh, video guest. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. A road trip. Layer. Yeah, for real, man. God, dude, all that kind of memorabilia is awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, when you have treasures like that, it's hard to say. You're right, he's in a different category. I, uh, For me, I guess it would... I agree with what you said. I didn't think about it that way, but Adam West, you have to put him sort of off to the side for the me. The bright night. But I would say Michael Keaton for sure, because it was like, oh, they're making an awesome Batman movie. I remember going to see that. But then uh, those those Christian Bale, that trilogy, that's an awesome thing. There's mm-hmm. so, so much happening there. The the Joker performance, the Heath Ledger, that was awesome. But uh, the one that you, you would throw out, I actually, years later, have come to appreciate because Clooney. it's so bad. I do. I will put that on just to go to sleep sometimes because I go, wow. What was that? Joel Schumacher? He yeah. did the... Yeah. Blows my mind because I love The Lost Boys and I loved Falling Down. Two great Joel Schumacher hmm. movies. Schumacher's the one that added nipples to the bat. Yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> the thing funny. I like about it now is, is how gaudy it is and corny i go man they're doing these things that adam west and them would have done and we went well that's adam yeah. west the skates and the, some people look at those movies as, as sequels to the adam west series it right? almost felt like that and mm-hmm. so now i watch it with a little oh and, and schwarzenegger is mr freeze oh my gosh and they did they played right nice to meet you i like to say <laughs> chill out cool party cool party <laughs> uh, yeah what well, how did the dinosaurs die? The Ice Age. <laughs> and it's like, God, oh, these are the worst Schwarzenegger impersonations, but it's funny. Yeah, that they, they played into Schwarzenegger's, you know, one-liners from history. And see, I love Poison Ivy the most. Like, oh, sort yeah, of villains. I love how they, they did that, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and what's... Uh, recently, I just got through watching Swamp Thing, and they had... Um, the Floronic, Floronic Man, I think, is in it, but it was... I can't remember the actor's name. I like him, but it was uh, John... Oh gosh, he played Lex Luthor's father on Smallville. Can't oh, think yeah. of his, yeah. his name, but he played. He was, well, he was in, in the new Shazam movie. He was, he was the yeah, dad. Yeah, he was the, the dad. The as he's you know a little boy. Yeah, he sure was. Did y'all discuss that the new Shazam? I haven't seen it. It's good, uh, but he's from here. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi. Yeah. Is he? Oh yeah. Oh, he's from Lake Charles. Yeah. He had that. the Chuck series first, and then I was yeah. happy to see him in Chuck. a Chuck was in a great deal. Did you watch Chuck? I did. Great series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he was another guest on one of my favorite podcasts as well. Boy, he's an interesting guy, man. He's really in tune with himself. He has a lot of good things to say. Yeah. He's from Lake Charles. Maybe we can get him in one time. <laughs> get him. Man, that would be for super the, cool. He might do something like that. He seems like he's got that kind of head on his shoulders. That was a lot of fun, but I don't know if this next part's going to be fun. There's a lot of a lot of pain and suffering with the lightning round if you're not careful. If you're not grounded, you guys, <laughs> grounded. You ready? These are quick answers. You gonna? Tom, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's All do right. it. All right. I'm first. You're second. Here we go. 10, 9, 8. Put on your brain coat. Take shelter. You're entering the lightning round. Don't get zapped. Ignition. Okay. Like I said, the lightning round, you just got to make your choices quick. And we can discuss them later if you want, but let's, let's go through it. Number one, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Okay. Mm-hmm. Megaforce or Delta Force? Megaforce. Mm, pass. Pass. I'm going with Megaforce as oh, well. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop or Kindergarten Cop? Beverly That's Hills. a horrible one. <laughs> I love Eddie Murphy, but, but, but Schwarzenegger, man, I don't know. He's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, I'll oh, say Beverly Hills Cop. I, I like that too, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. All right, twelve monkeys or twelve angry men? Mm. Twelve monkeys. Twelve monkeys. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I like them both, yeah. but I think those other monkeys. ones are just too angry. Yeah, too angry. It's in the name too. <laughs> Breakfast Club or Fight Club? That's a good one. Mm. I say Breakfast Club. Oh, oh, Breakfast Club. That was tough. Man, I'm gonna probably say Fight Club. I think. You I'm can't with, say that. I can't, I've watched can't it talk more about times. Fight Club, Tom. Don't you know the rule? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I, number two. Yeah, I would say like, what would I put on right now if somebody handed me both? I'd probably put Fight Club on, but I do yeah. like them both. Okay. Uh, the Fifth Element or the Sixth Sense? Fifth Element. Sixth Sense. Fifth Element. Fifth Element. Yeah, I had fun watching that movie. I've watched it more times, I think. Rocky Four. Or the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Rocky Four. Rocky Four. I'm going to pick Rocky Four, but I think I've seen Rocky Horror more times. Really? Yeah, we, we watched that uh, quite a bit. So hmm. I, I was, I'm going to go with Rocky Four. That's just got, man, boy, that was something. I was mm-hmm. tired after that movie. I will break you. Yeah. <laughs> Is it my turn? Uh, I think foot, so. Footloose or Dirty Dancing? Footloose. Dirty Dancing. Footloose. Dirty Dancing. I'm a Swayze boy. I like me some Patrick Swayze, man. Brokeback Mountain <laughs> or My Side of the Mountain? I haven't seen either one. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know what My Side of the Mountain is. Oh. Yeah, what is that one? I'm not sure. That's the that one, one about the little boy. He's like, I'm leaving. He writes his parents a letter. And he says, I'm going out to the wilderness to live off the land. And he befriends like a, has a ferret. And he makes... Al does algae experiments. He lives in a tree, and he meets a guy who plays a banjo. That was like a classic. Never kid. seen it. Oh man, totally dude. Seen that one. Well, look, that was a terrible one. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to pick my side of the mountain. I've actually never seen Brokeback Mountain. All right, Taxi Driver or Drive? Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. You talking to me? Yeah. It, <laughs> I like Drive though, but I'm I I, mm, I really do like Drive. But Taxi Driver, it's the one that I would say I know the you most. You talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There's some great dialogue in that movie, man. That whole thing about the, the rain washing away the scum and all that. That was a great bit. The Last Starfighter or Starsky and Hutch? Last Starfighter. Starsky and Hutch. I think Last Starfighter. Yeah, I'm going with that, too. I've been recruited to defend the Star League against Zor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what kid Yamada? didn't want to play a video game and then find out that that was the test to make? The high score is the... I just read key. this month that they're working on a sequel. Yeah, I saw, saw that. that. Yeah, Same man. Cast. Yeah. How cool is that? That'd be uh, nice. That's neat. That'd be and cool I, I don't revisit. know why they didn't already make one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the end of the movie, they're loading up to go back and rebuild this this Star League. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why didn't we see that? Yeah. I mean, when that really did hit some nerves as a kid, you're going, so I could just play a video. It kind of made you want to play video games more. <laughs> really cool. There's some good answers in the in the chat, too. I don't know if anybody's following that, but oh yeah, good sure job, guys. Uh, the next one is Clash of the Titans or Titanic? Clash. Mm. Oh, I'm going to go with Titanic. It's <laughs> tough. I, I had a really good movie experience watching Titanic, but I think I'd pick Clash of the Titans. Original or remake? Oh, the original. Yeah, yeah. I liked all the the uh, models, like the. Yeah, was that called stop motion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would probably say Titanic as well, but I do have a funny Clash of the Titans story. Uh, I've been my son and I. We, he needs a sleeping buddy, 
So we always put something on. I try to find things that I'm like halfway interested in. And so one night I was, uh, I was like, I don't really remember if I liked this remake or not. So I put it on Well, I, I fell asleep 10 minutes in next night rolls around and I go, well, yeah, let's start clash of Titans back up. Where was I at? And I fast forward to it and I press play I fall asleep again. So this goes on for like a week. Me just like pecking through and falling asleep. I don't even realize that my kid's paying attention, that these days are passing. And so, anyway, I, I go to get in bed and I go, so what you want to watch tonight, buddy? He goes, anything but Clash of the Titans. He said, is that your favorite movie? And I was like, no. So, from his perspective, I was falling asleep and he's laying in bed going, again? I was watching, I'm watching, dad's asleep snoring. And I'm sitting here watching freaking Clash of the Titans for seven days straight. He's really nice to not say anything all the time. Anything but Clash of the Titans. Dad, is that your favorite movie? It was like this desperate tone, you know? Okay. Toxic Avenger or Avengers Infinity War. Braylon's got that look. Toxic Avenger. I yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. It's like apples and oranges. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Infinity War, of course. But oh, it yeah. some Toxic Avenger. It did, too. How about you, Tombo? I'm picking Infinity War as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that uh, I would say the same thing, just overall quality. But boy, I do, too. Some of those trauma films were yeah, wild. Yeah, and stuff. Oh, <laughs> man. That, that tox, Toxie was pretty cool. Uh, Starman or Brother from Another Planet? Starman. Pass. Pass. Yeah, I'm gonna pass too. Yeah. Have you seen Starman? I don't I don't think so. I can't remember if I That's have. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, he was young. Yeah. Jeff Bridges. And yeah. Karen Allen from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. I, I saw both of these and uh when I was younger and uh I gotta say, I like Starman, but I'm gonna go with Brother from Another Planet because I remember when I watched it, I felt like it was trying to almost parody Starman a little bit and it played to some of the things going on in the culture at the time and it was actually funny to me to see you know take that approach I thought it was pretty cool all right Tom uh Red Dawn or Purple Rain Red Dawn mm-hmm. Braylon I don't think I've seen either of those either really you never seen Purple Rain or Red so. Dawn I don't think so oh man Got to watch both of those movies, but watch the original Red Dawn. Yeah, I think Red Dawn for me. Yeah, I like Purple Rain, but I'm go Red Dawn, dude. That was one of those. That's one I've watched again. My boy Patrick Swayze's in it, so got to go with that. <laughs> Although I did like Purple Rain. I mean, Wolverine. What, dude? <laughs> there were some scenes in Red Dawn. I mean, I'll go back now and I read reviews of that. You know, to see what people think today. And they don't like it. And I go, really? For me, it touched like so many nerves. Uh, I don't know. It left an impression on me. It actually kind of scared me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. The idea of having to run out and live in the hills. Did, and... it, did it make you come up with a plan? Yes. <laughs> You're at, did you too? Yeah. yeah. I made me think like that. I, there was movies. Uh, what am I going to do? That's interesting that you say that. Because I've had this conversation with my wife. I said, there are times when I really reflect on the way I am. I can trace those lines right back to movies. I go, this isn't even based in reality. Like I feel mm-hmm. this way because of these, because of these films hmm. and the way they affected my mind. I even think like morality sometimes is my morality comes from that culture of pop culture, movies and films. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's really interesting. TVs and TV especially, but movies influence me heavily. Sure. I mean, if you talk to some guys that all grew up watching Mr. Rogers and Adam West and, 
and, and you know Christopher Reeve's Superman, and you get all these archetypes in there. I, I tell this to my kids all the time. I said I could always see who the bad guy was. I even tell people that in serious conversations now. I say, "Hey, man, like I know what the bad guys look like because I used to watch these shows, and you're being the bad guy. It's not that hard. <laughs> you're you're the bad guy in the story. So if you if you find yourself." <laughs> You can use some of those films as some pretty good compasses, some you know? Indicators, yeah. The indicators, like, hey, um, that crappy thing you're doing, that's what the bad guys did My in this nemesis. film. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking about people like Mr. Rogers and that. Man, uh, Bill Cosby, growing up, man, he was, like, super cool. And, you know, I, I hate all that stuff's come out and all that. Yeah. I love him. When I was up. a kid, I did, too. I used and, to and you remember on uh, um, Fat Albert, they had the, the brown hornet? Yes, you dude, that? I do remember oh, that. Oh, man, that was some good Little stuff. Little Brown Hornet. Yeah, dude, yeah. God, that is, that's right. I used to watch that all the time. Fat Albert and then and he, he always had his uh, commercials with the uh, Jello Pudding Jello pops. Pudding. Yeah. God, man, I know. Yeah. It, it, there are things like that when it happens, whenever um, an archetype or an icon like that gets tarnished, you just go, man, I don't even know anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even know anymore. The character, you realize that some of that is a character. You know, like I, entertainment has that ability to make you think. That happens for me, especially when I go to a Comic Con or something and like I meet a person for the first time. Like for me, that happened with John Barenthal. Uh, I remember when I met John Barenthal, I was like, wow, dude, this guy is easy going and just super nice. But the characters he had been playing were these hard, like, kind of violent types and so i expect my stupidity you know ignorance that's the only thing i've seen i had i didn't know way to know guy's got a totally different demeanor his posture's different and that's when i'll go dang dude you're a good actor like you're a really good actor because like i hate your guts on this show but you're like one of the coolest people i've ever met and that that's awesome to do sometimes to meet these actors that are playing these harsh characters you know mm-hmm. i can remember in the 80s my parents uh renting vhs of uh that Bill Cosby's uh, stand-up. Yeah. That, I forgot the name of it. Yeah. But they would invite their friends over and just make an evening out of Bill Cosby. You know, yeah. they'd all sit around and watch it, eat popcorn and stuff. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah. That, that's, that was something that was fun to do. Just, God, that, that right there, man. Rent movies, go popcorn, go watch some movies with your friends. Such a big part of my life. And I just think it's awesome that y'all are having this film festival this weekend because you're kind of giving people that, that experience. Because, yeah, we can go see big Hollywood stuff anytime, every weekend, you know. But to be able to go get a fresh experience with film like y'all are going to give people and to give them these extra layers of engagement, I think that's really awesome. For people who are going to listen to some of this and then check out and then want to go find their information on their own, where do they go? What's the best okay, place? Um, LakeCharlesFilmFestival.com is the website. Okay. You can also, on Facebook, or um, LC Film Fest. Okay. And so just to remind people, that is tomorrow night. And what time does that start? Things kick off. Uh, it's five to eight. That'll be our opening films, opening ceremonies. Our celebrity guests will be there. Okay. And I think at 830, we're going to move over to Rick and Jack's. Okay. For and the mixer? It's just a little mixer. Just Yeah. It's a no host event. You buy your own food. Yeah. Celebrities will be there, and it's going to be very informal. That's awesome. You, you just come up to celebrities and talk to them, you know, take selfies with them, whatever. Yeah. And it's a great place yeah. to do it. They got a great atmosphere for that. Yeah. I love that. And I'm that. sure there'll be some live music. They usually have a band every night. Yeah. That's cool. Get a nice slice yeah. of Southwest Louisiana life and meet some people you maybe haven't met before. And then Saturday, can things kick off? Kicks off at 10 o'clock. Uh, we have three screening rooms. Uh, they'll be scheduled. They're scheduled online. Just, you know, read over the film, see which one 
interest you. Make, yeah. Make your own personal itinerary for the day. Yeah. Uh, don't miss at 11 o'clock is the uh, Q&A session with our two Shazam actors. Okay. So awesome. And that's in the Henning House. Right. Henning House. That's right. Right. Films will be in, the, well, the films are in both also. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And Braylon, you're going to be there. What, how, what's your role going to be? I'm the MC. So. Okay. So how does that work? Is between films, like you announce the film, let people know what they're about to see? Uh, particularly yeah. when we do the panels, I think more yeah. so there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's always okay. tough. To, and I'm, t- I'm warning people now, make sure you map it out. Uh, because I'm more of a sit-in and, and listen to them, you know, kind of talk about, I know they're doing the low-budget films, uh, but over the years we, we did the stop uh, animation. Am I saying that correctly? Right, stop motion. Uh, and so when you watch those things or you get to talk with them and get that one-on-one, to me that's more, uh, you, you never get that opportunity again. Uh, but then the film itself, you know, it's all, you're torn. You're like, which one do I do? Am I going to go sit and watch a film? Right. Or So uh, it's a challenge. So I definitely encourage people to plan out you know, yeah. how they want to spend the weekend. Yeah, definitely make the trip. I'm going to try to get out there. Like I said, I may not be able to go to the whole thing, but I think I want to get out there and at least get a taste of it for sure. Uh, and Tom, what do you have going on, man? And I know you have this event, but don't you have some mm-hmm. things coming up? There's a cool sulfur. Uh... Yeah, we have a couple of things. So also this weekend on Saturday, while the film festival is going on in the Brimstone, if you need like a break from all the sitting and just watching a movie, uh, we have our trains that are running this Saturday. They run the first and third Saturday of each month. That's with the Southwest Louisiana O-Gage Model Railroad Club. Uh, they're a group of volunteers. They put together this really awesome big railroad layout. And uh, so they'll be running those on Saturday from 10 to 2. Um, then, not this Saturday, but next, which is October the 12th, um, we're doing an event called Blue and Gold Saturday. So that's homecoming weekend for Sulphur High School. And we're encouraging people to come between 8 in the morning to noon. Uh, we have a bunch of maps, like old city maps, that I'll have laid out. I've made copies of them so that we can actually write on the map. Oh, that's awesome. And we'll be able to write where our, you know, memories were. So, like, you know, there was a business that sat here. I used to go and buy comics every Saturday morning. Or, right. You know, that's where I used to go to church on this building on the corner wherever. So we're doing that to kind of add to our, you know, museum's, uh, in quotation marks, inventory. Uh, so we'll have a be able to add to our collective knowledge because as people get older and pass on, some of these memories are lost and we might have old photos of a place and not know where it is. Well, these maps will be a resource for locating things in the future. So that's awesome, man. I mean, somebody, you know, grew up in here in this city and drove, rode around on a bicycle all the time. I love to go to places that don't exist anymore and see what's there now. And absolutely. That's one of the words. If I could just get people to key in on the word cultural center. I mean, that's where you guys are really doing some great things. And, uh, if you can wrap your arms around that and just give it a big old hug, you're going to you're gonna love where you've grown up at even more, I think. I think you guys are doing that. I love that. Yeah, because one day people our age are going to you know grow old and die, and nobody's going to remember where Bo's videos was. That's right. But, and somebody's going to find a mug or yeah. find a I – I actually have a free movie rental coupon at my house from Bo's videos yeah. that uh, my kids are going to find that and say, what the heck is this? Like, oh, where was that at? You know, and yeah. and uh, the future historians are going to know because we'll have put it down on paper somewhere. So yeah. Can well, I just say this? Yeah. Uh, one of your investor friends from from you know locally or out there, I always wish the Charles Cinema would have stayed open. Oh yeah, yeah. To me, and, and I loved it when it was the Dollar Theater at the end. The yeah. sticky floors to me just I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
But if we could have something that really showed indie film more often or even like past films. Yeah. Because you really don't get that option. That's true. And there's so much new Hollywood, you know, and so much with streaming. Yeah. We kind of, you, you you have so much new content. Yeah. But I'd love to have that option. It would be and, cool. And that's, uh, these film festivals I told you I go to all over the country, many of them are in a vintage theater in some place, you know. Yeah. And that's what we're lacking in Lake Charles. They're all gone. It would be cool to see somebody take an existing property. Many of the guests that come on Find the Good News talk about that. Is you know re- rejuvenating dead properties with ideas that still honor the the location and the building. It'd be cool to see somebody do that with something. Yeah, I'd, like to, I'd like to remake a old like a vintage style theater with a glass ticket booth. And, oh yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it would give you that experience. I mean, this cuts back rewinding all the way to the beginning of the conversation. You know that those little tactile things that are a part of our memory that sort of disappear as convenience takes over. Uh, those things just to get a paper ticket, you know, and mm-hmm. and do it that way and, and get the smells and the feels. I, I think. If you want to go to a vintage theater and watch a movie, not too far away is Beaumont. Oh, really? They have the Jefferson Theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a pretty awesome experience if you haven't been there. Yeah, we uh, many, many years ago, a long time ago. That would be great. Well, this has been a lot of fun, so I would encourage everybody to just get on Facebook. One, you can follow Find the Good News. Just search Find the Good News. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, but I'm not going to lie and tell you we keep that up to date uh, too often. But you can follow us on those things, and we'll post information about all these events. Or you can go directly to these pages. Uh, I think looks like you guys keep your stuff up to date. Oh, yeah. You know, fairly. Can I say one last thing? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I told you all my favorite movie. What's y'all's? Oh, favorite movie. Mine's easy. Uh, I, Back to the Future. Man, that's a hard question. Uh, I so I think I would say Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and only because I've watched it probably more than any other movie. Um, this is good to know. Yeah, that's a that's one that's, I don't know, it has a special place, I guess. One of my first, like, bad rating movies or whatever, as I was growing up or whatever. Uh, the Aviator. Leonardo oh, DiCaprio. wow. Yeah. Okay. I love Howard Hughes and the Tycoons. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, a great actor, I think. I've liked him in just about everything I've seen him in. Blew my mind in Gilbert Grape. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah, that, I like that. That's a good place to end it. Favorite movies. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for your time. Uh, thank you guys, too, for listening to the show. Thank you for tuning in to Find the Good News Live. If you would like to help me grow the good news signal, visit patreon.com slash find the good news and become a patron. That's patreon.com slash find the good news. I sincerely thank each of you for your patronage and for listening to this broadcast. I love